0: You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Uh Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating show. I'm Noah, and today we're going to take a glimpse into what it's like to date Marshana. So Marshana has made her rounds through reality TV. She's been on Friends to Lovers on Bravo as well as The Bachelor. So she has also recently married. Welcome to the show, Marshana, and congratulations on your new marriage.
1: Thank you so much, Noah, for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm super duper excited.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So you guys, how long ago did you meet and how long were you single before before this?
1: Oh, wow. I met my husband in July of 2018. So a little over two years ago, because here we are in August of 2020. But how long was I single? You know, I really count myself as being single from 18 when I started dating until... 38. Wow. Nothing of important. Well, let me take that back. Some things of importance happened during that time, but no, I don't even count my first relationship. It was such trash, but I digress. But yeah, I say I was single for 20 years until I got married.
0: Wow. So you were basically holding out until until your current husband came around, keeping the options open.
1: I was definitely keeping my options open. I mean, save for my first relationship, which did last five years with my college boyfriend, you know, but again, I was so young, so naive, so dumb. I had such a misconception about love and relationships that I, I mean, I learned a lot, but it was just like that first young, I didn't even date in high school. So my college experience was like my first experience in anything. And then after that, of course you date people for a while, but it fizzles, it doesn't work. Something's really off. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how it went. So single all that
0: time. Fantastic. Well, I'd love to get into some stories about your current relationship and how you met and all that, but let's take it chronologically. Let's go back to your single era and tell us a story <laughs> about a time that you were dating and, you know, as you're saying you you have had a chance to to get out there and and experience some different scenarios. So maybe share a story of a time that you were not on a date and it just you either made a mistake, or something was funny. Just so something didn't work out so well.
1: Okay, so. It- I was I was young at the time I was in my 20s it's like a, a simple mistake but I kind of like learned it like the good way so I was out on a date with a guy we'd been on a few dates but I think my experience in television kind of like hurt me in a way because I'm so used to answering questions right producers put you down in front of the camera you answer a question you answer a question you answer a question and then he kind of hit me with the oh so you like to talk about yourself and I'm like no not really but I didn't Notice that I wasn't asking questions in return. That was a light bulb moment for me. Then I was like, oh, "Ha ha ha ha! I got it. Okay, great." And it made such a difference. I mean, he was cool about it; it was fine. But it was a mistake that I was making, and I'm glad he pointed it out because now I know. Like, okay, I need to be asking questions. And then, what questions are you asking? And like, what matters? And like, at what point do you ask what question? Right. Because certain questions you don't want to ask on the first date, but then you don't want to be on date 5, 6, 7, and there's something that you don't know. So mm-hmm. that was like a real eye-opener for me.
0: Well, it's really amazing that you were able to take that feedback and not get resentful about it, but actually look at look at it and be humble enough to make the change. Because that's, that's something a lot of times if you're out on a, on a date. Was it a first date?
1: It was. It was I want to say it was like the second date.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's really if that new in a thing and someone's like criticizing you. It's like whoa, like you don't know anything about me, but here you are giving me some advice. And it's really awesome that you're able to look at it from that lens and say, wait a second, I can actually, I could actually improve this. And so, yeah, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had no idea, like that's the way it was coming off. But again, I'm so used to like, okay, you're on camera or wherever, like we're asking you questions, like answer mm-hmm. it, go. Not really understanding like, okay, no, this is an inter... That you got to go both ways with your mm-hmm. questions.
0: All right. So now walk us through this experience of being on several reality shows about dating and, oh and what what kind of experience that, what did we have? Like obviously, you know, they they glamorize a lot of things. That's something that a lot of people know, but we don't, don't get to have a conversation that often with someone who has had their dating life uh, televised.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's something. They have your dating life televised is just such an interesting experience. But for me, you know, I started out on The Bachelor 12 years ago on season 12, The Bachelor London Calling. So, you know, that was such a different time in reality TV. The Bachelor was a big deal, but it wasn't quite exactly what it is today. However, it really... I went on the show to just in those days, you didn't know who your bachelor was. So we didn't know who we were showing up for. So anybody who tells you like they showed up for the guy, I loved him like you didn't know him before you got there. So having um, them genuinely chronicle like this process of where I did not prepare to fall for the guy, like that wasn't a part of my plan. And then you start caring and then you start liking them and then now it matters. And then now you're, now your feelings are caught up and it's a totally different game. So That's interesting. And then like the other dating show I did on Bravo friends to lovers, you went on with a friend of yours and then to see if you all could start dating. Cause everyone kind of always says, Oh, I married my best friend. So the premise of the show was more like, is there a guy in your life that you friend zoned or maybe he friend zoned you? Can you make it work? The short answer for me is no. And we have that on, we have that on record.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. So let's, let's first talk about the friends to lovers thing, because that's, I think that's a common theme that people have, people get put in a box and maybe it's like a one-sided love or or something like that. And if, you know, in your case, if you have somebody that's a friend, there's obviously like no sexual connection. You've already built the friend zone and then, and then it's just weird because there's the other side of it where there's this idea that, if you study like some psychology, the more you get to know somebody, then you can like fall for them intimately. And like, if you look each other in the eyes and you answer like very intimate questions, you can start to develop love, you know, and what are your thoughts on that?
1: My thoughts are, I mean, I'm definitely a love grows person. I am not a love at first sight or like, lust or infatuation at first sight person. I feel like love is never enough and it has to make sense. So, you know, I kind of like, like the old school, you know, matchmaking days where it's like, okay, she's done this, this, and this with her life up until this point. He's done this and this with his life up until this point. Let's make a match. And you might not necessarily be all giddy about the person, but it could work same thing with a friend or at least the way I approach the dating show. Like, okay, like we didn't necessarily get off on that foot, but it could, I could, I could do this. I could consider you a romantic interest. I can be in a romantic situation with you. I can see where this takes us, you know, because yeah, on paper, for lack of a better term, this, this makes some sense, right? This could work. There is a level of compatibility. Short answer is no, you can't <laughs> do that. But
0: <laughs> You know, we talked about it earlier with the bachelor experience, like being in this environment where it was almost like set up, like fabricated that you you knew nothing about it. And you're kind of getting pressure, like almost like competition, obviously, like right? from, yeah. from the other girls, right? Did, yeah,
1: there's a lot of competition.
0: Did that like have an impact into just your your dating life after that, like without that extra stimulation, did you find anything changed? Like when you would go out and date after that?
1: Not necessarily, because even when I came into the show, the producers were like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel about dating a guy who's dating all these other girls? And being from New York City, which is where I'm originally from, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, I used to joke on the show, like, oh, please, at least I know who he's dating. I know where they (laughs) sleep at night and eat for breakfast. I can see what all these girls are doing. I date a guy in Brooklyn. I don't know who he has, right? Like, I don't know if he's talking to this girl or that girl. Because for me, at least in my experience, in a major city, it was just so hard to really date A person and get to a level of exclusivity. That was the part that kind of always eluded me. No one really Mm -hmm. wanted to commit to dating one person because there's always new people. There's always a new scene. There's always a new party. There's always new people being introduced into the mix. So it was just so challenging cuz I'd be stuck in situationships but never relationships. So on the bachelor, I used to joke and be like this is fun cuz <sighs> I know exactly who he's dating and I know every single week that list gets smaller and smaller and smaller.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so let's
1: talk about a- the real world and not knowing again like who what's really going on here. How many people are you talking to it was kind of hard.
0: Yeah. Well, let's t- let's talk about that on the on a little bit deeper level as it comes to how you approach the dating as well, because I think there's there's the one side of how the guys in New York are doing it. But from Marshawn's perspective, like, you know, did you also have some guys on the side, like somebody that, you know, maybe is a friends with benefits, maybe you have, maybe this guy's on Tuesdays, this guy's on Friday. Did you have anything like that set up while you were single?
1: Of course I did. Of course I had something set up like that. I think that, you know, it's, it's just a matter of whether or not like you're honest about it. I don't think that there's a woman that lives in this world today that doesn't have someone that she can call if she desires sex. I always think that it was one of the best things about being a female. There would be no single day in this, world where if I wanted some tonight that I get up this morning and decide that I'm not gonna get it. I don't know how it is for men. Maybe you guys are kind of at like our whim and will if we're willing to or not. But for me, I just always loved being a woman and being like I set the rules. But when I met my husband, we met on a dating app and we, you know, instantly made a really, really great link. But I was meeting other people on the app and I was very open with him about it. Mm -hmm. And the day we met, you know, he was like, all right, because I kind of had a process. Like, let's do a meetup at first. After a meetup, if that goes great, let's do a date. Let's move on. Let's progress. But I scheduled several meetups on the same day. He was meetup number two. So I was just very honest. And he said that that was something that really attracted him to me because he was like, we know that everybody on these apps are doing it. You were just like open enough to tell him, Hey, you've got four o'clock, but by eight, I got to be gone because I got another meetup.
0: Yeah. It's really cool that transparency is powerful. And also I think it does something psychologically as well. It's kind of like this perceived value. It's like you put that on the table and you say hey in this negotiation that we are going through right now you know i am a valuable creature there's there's other people that are that want to spend time with me and you put that out yeah. there it it does it, it does give you a little bit increased perceived value it uh, worked it,
1: works, it, worked, it <laughs> worked right
0: so before we just jump into how how you guys decided to become exclusive, what lessons can you tell us about what you've learned from just using the dating apps in general? Like do you have a good story from from maybe a time that you you really had a a, a great encounter with the dating apps like you were doing a, a few different dates a night kind of thing what what worked really well for you and then if you can share a story around that, that'd be cool.
1: What worked for me in the dating apps is just learning to be really ruthless with my swipe left, <laughs> don't be afraid. For me, I was really looking for content of character and like, you can't really judge that so much from a dating app, but at least if the person fills out the about me section, you can you can kind of get an idea. If a guy was on a dating app, because I never use Tinder, so let me just put that out there. But if a guy was on a dating app And he only had his photo up and he wrote nothing in the about me section. There was no other context. I didn't care how cute he was. And it was so hard because, oh my God, he seems so cute. Swipe left, just swipe left because I just need to know some semblance of what may possibly matter to you, right? we all know it we all do it on the dating apps you're not really genuinely putting out yourself you're put you're sending your representative it's just like your representative goes on your first or mm-hmm. second or third date you don't really show up until i don't know date 4 or 5 or 6 but you know at least what what did you tell your representative to say give me something to go off of and that really kind of sort of helped me along in like, just not wasting time on dates. I can't really say that I wasted time or had bad dates. I could just really tell with a lot of the guys that I met that it will not lead to a relationship. And, you know, in my late 30s, I didn't need another boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I needed a husband. I wanted a life partner. So I, I could kind of tell like, early on, if it was going to progress to that level. And if it wasn't, then I just like didn't continue yeah. dating. But
0: yeah. So now, now you've found your husband and you've been dating for a couple of years. Yeah. What, what has changed in the dynamic and, and how do you guys uh, approach it to keep things fresh and exciting?
1: We got married. The pandemic happened. We discovered we were pregnant. We've been quarantined together for five months. So somebody will have to ask me that question. life goes back to normal because I don't know if there's anything exciting happening in here these days other than when my son kicks and I say, honey, do you want to feel it? And he's like, oh my God, he's popping around in there.
0: Yeah, well, how do you, how do you, so how do you deal with just the, I know it's kind of like this thing of Groundhog Day happening, you know, now that you're, you're in the house all the time, you're together 24 seven and it's, it's a big shift. You know, obviously it's a shift for, for entire humanity. Now we're more sedentary. But for the two of you, it's also it's also a big change in the dynamic between the partnership, right? Like now yeah. you've gone from from solo individuals doing your own thing to now you're now you're together as a unit.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. I have to say, because we both are people who really like each other's company, but really value our independence. So we kind of like here at home, just everybody does their own thing during the day. He eats breakfast, to himself he's the early riser i eat my own breakfast everyone's on their own for lunch he's working from home i'm not currently working i'm just cooking our son i'm cooking our baby <laughs> and you know i'll i'm in my son's nursery right now like i'll do the nursery i'll do things i'll, I'll, I'll i'm worried more about baby prep and he helps too yeah but we come together at prime time, which is what would happen if we were both working as life was before. I'll see you at dinner, You know, we'll eat dinner together, we'll clear dinner dishes together and we will watch a TV program together. We'll go to bed together. So we do not spend the entire day together. we He's kind of like in his zone in the house, I'm in mine, like I'm in here doing my thing right now, he's out there doing his whatever. And it just works for us to kind of still maintain that schedule of i 'll see you during prime time
0: have you had a so have you had an instance where maybe you were because it sounds like you had to figure this out along the way have you had some times where you butted heads and you had some friction and, and then that's is, this is how you discovered the solution like I want to hear the communication that the two of you had to go through in order to reach this like this point of oh, this is a good solution. This is a good system.
1: So it really kind of started at like, if he were sitting on the couch during the day, I'd kind of sit on the couch as well. And I'd be doing my own thing or on the computer. And I, I don't, we're not talking necessarily, or I'm not talking to him, but I'm on the couch. And then he had to let me know like, hey, it just it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable when you're just like, like, I know you're not bothering me or like talking to me, but I kind of need like, go do that over there (laughs) like go go sit in your own space and I'm like okay I didn't think it was bothering you like I'm not I'm not troubling you I know he's genuinely working from home he has a demanding career but he needs not only the quiet to work in but he needs like that space great no problem I have plenty of room in this house I have my diva den and other places that like I can escape to and be in so it it was just kind of good to know from him that okay no you need to like you need to be in your own world. I need to be in my own world, and you know, it, it it worked. It worked. I'm not necessarily offended by that because I wouldn't want somebody to follow me around this house into every single room that I walked in either. So it was just kind of like good. That he felt comfortable saying that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it takes a partner to be able to 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 phrase that. So, final yeah. question: As we're you know we're working towards wrapping up, what's your favorite part about being married?
1: My favorite part about being married would. Be a sense of like peace of mind that I have a life partner. Like, this is the person I do life with. And life isn't always great. You know, life kind of throws something at everybody at certain points in time. My mom passed away five months to the day that I met my husband. That was unexpected, tragic. And I was with my mom when she passed. And to have someone who he had lost his mom and his parents already at that point, but who could really stand by my side while I'm making funeral arrangements and dealing with family and, you know, administratively ending someone's life. It's a lot of people work in like, uncomfortable things. So it was really good to have someone. I'd lost my sister two years prior to losing mm. my mom. And I didn't have a solid committed relationship. At the time, the person I was dating, eh, whatever. But having that experience when I lost my sister and having the experience when I lost my mom and, you know, five months into the relationship, it was just like, I mean, if I didn't know that my husband was the one for me, I knew then, I knew right then. It's comforting to know that like, If life has ups and it has downs, we have each other. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the best part of being married for me.
0: Yeah. And the ability to deal with crisis together is something that I think it really shows someone's true compatibility when you're going through some crisis and and how the two of you are able to have a dynamic together and navigate that crisis is really powerful. So yeah, I think you found a catch. So congratulations. Cool. (laughs) So that's it for the questions. So how do people stay in touch with you and support you as you're, as you're, you're bringing a new life into the world?
1: Oh my goodness. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. At Marshana Dalia. So, I don't know if you'll drop that in the description box or somewhere when you put this up. But it's the same on all social media platforms. You can always find me. I'm really good at like DMs. As long as you're not trying to slide in, but like, I'm really good at like staying in touch and answering questions and things like that.
0: Fantastic. All right, Marshana, thank you so much for for being on the show. It's been a blast.
1: All right, thanks for having me, Noah.
0: All right. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dirt on Dating show. Don't forget to swing by Apple, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. And of course, if you want to be featured on the show, visit dirtondating.com single and introduce yourself. Otherwise, you can just hit me up on Instagram, DM me at follow Noah. And that's it for this one. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe. Talk dirty, and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.